right, welcome everybody to a new edition of the CarCast. This time it's the first of 2020. That's right, New Decade CarCast, episode 96. And after much deliberation and debate, we've determined that it is only appropriate to name this the Fabian Brunstrom episode. Right, John? I mean, how, what else would you call it? Uh, apparently, if we picked the guy who wore number 96 the most in the NHL, and there's only been a handful of guys that have done it, that there would be some pretty angry Dallas Stars fans because of their old former Western Conference rival, Detroit Red Wings, and Tomas Holmstrom would really upset the apple cart from back in the 90s and 2000s. I already think of 96 of, as a uh, Migo Rantanen number, actually. Yeah, he is the new like standard bearer for that. Yeah. So, but we didn't pick Brenton, and we picked Fabian Brunstrom because this is a star-centric car cast. Correct. Okay. So, I'm going to try to carry Sean a little bit because even though he's not driving tonight, which means we're inevitably safer on the wheel, oh on the road, that he's, I think he's, he needs more than the players, the two-day break of no practice over the weekend. So let's start with that, Sean. Oh, yeah. Do you know what a weekend is and what to do with it? During the season? Not That's really, what I mean. Not really. Not really during the season. I mean, we're going to uh, back-to-back days without – the back-to-back days without practice or a game is rare to hear. Yeah. Um, because even though we talk about how they don't practice that often, it's rare that we have the well, – You have a travel day. You have a travel day. You have a game on a weekend. That. There's yeah. Rarely there's not a game on a Saturday or a Sunday Correct. weekend. So um, – I guess we'll try to figure out what I did on weekends prior to September, I guess. I always find, and particularly uh, right after season ends, even more so when I was traveling as, as a play-by-play guy, yep. as opposed to here where I do occasionally have a couple days in a row off, but rarely, I always found that the first weekend after the season ended, I didn't know what to do with myself. Two days off in a row, because you're only used to getting like a Sunday off yeah. here or there. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know what to do. And then you kind of start to get into the flow of the off season, and then you're fine. So I totally understand and sympathize with your inability to really cope with Saturday and Sunday away from home. Now, I've got plans. You're more than welcome to come to our second and fourth grade basketball games over the weekend. I will pass on I'm that. I'm sure you will. Oh, boy. Oh, Jeep. you making comments about being safer. Oh, hey, I was the defensive driver here. This guy cut me off. I slopped up. And because it's a car cast, I honked the horn. For sound effects, right? Well, we've got to let them know what's going on out here. Yes. Anyway. I will not be going to your second and fourth grade basketball games. You know, the kids will be hurt. They were really looking forward to seeing you there. But ultimately... I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we'll power through. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. Evie will enjoy your company. Yes. Um, tonight's game first. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be some questions in the lightning round about the Winter Classic because we didn't do a car cast there. Mm-hmm. But tonight's game was a bit of a letdown, as we expected. And yes. I talked to a couple of members of the coaching staff, and they said they had been hammering, don't let up against this team. Yesterday at practice, today at morning skate, today in the pregame meetings, over and over and over, this was the topic of conversation. Yeah. And they still came out a little sluggish. A little bit. Um, but I still think at the end of the day, this was a good team beating a bad team. Oh, yeah. And it, there really was a wide gap. 
I don't think it was even close. Yeah. Detroit is the last place team in the NHL. They have won 10 games this year in the first half of the season. It's they're they're historically bad right now for Detroit. Yeah. And they're on pace for a historically bad year. You know what, Sean? If you're going to be rebuilding, why not make it the worst ever? No, I mean they're in the uh, you're they're in a spot most where most ping pong balls. Yeah, most ping pong balls. Um, the kid for Lafreniere is that how we pass? Alex Lafreniere. Lafreniere. Yeah. So he is uh, the prize of the draft lottery, I believe, at this point. So bounced back nicely from what looked like yeah. a relatively serious knee injury. Yep, he's played well for Canada. Um, he'll be so Detroit just. They're not going to, I mean... You know what, though, Sean? Even if they don't win the lottery ball and they get yeah. second or third... You're or, still getting a good player. Or even the worst would be maybe fourth. You're still going to They're going to get a player that they desperately need because this is not a one- or two-piece move to a rebuild. There's a lot that Steve Eisman has to do. Yeah, there's a lot to do here. Uh, there are... You look at... If you try to kind of lay out the steps to competitiveness again with Detroit... Um, May not even be. It's not even a two or three year plan. You're looking at. You're looking at. They would have to do some major moves in trades or free agency yeah. to address some pretty glaring issues. Don't exactly. you think? Exactly. So, um, I think if you're talking, if you're looking at building the long term success model, which I think he wants to build in Detroit, you're talking at least two to three years to be competitive at least. Yeah, I mean, I think you can turn things around in a couple of seasons, but. They have to address long-term goaltending because Jimmy Howard and Jonathan Bernier, fine goaltenders, just not getting any younger. Yes. They're not the future. Um, defensively, they've, they're they're older. Mm-hmm. I really like Patrick Nemeth. I, I'm a bit biased because I've known him forever. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great defenseman. I don't think he's the only I, – I don't think he's your number one you build off of. I think he's a great complementary defenseman for an offensive puck mover. If the Stars had him and you had him playing with Klingberg or if you had him playing with Haskinen or even if in a best-case scenario maybe had him in your third pairing and killing penalties with a puck mover like a Fadoon, for example, he's a big, strong guy. I think he's a really good defenseman, but they need somebody. They don't have Nick Lidstrom anymore, and Mike Green is not getting any younger either. No, and we should also point out that the Stars had Patrick Bemeth, obviously, and they let him in. Ultimately, he was lost in the uh, on the waiver wire two years ago to Colorado. Right. So, um, but to Detroit tonight, um, even though I feel like the Stars did avoid the letdown overall. Obviously, kind of the what three minutes fourteen seconds into the game, Detroit scores to go up one nothing. Little fortuitous bounce too, yeah. right? Uh, the pass by Fabry. Yeah. It was a it, it was a weird the one. the skate of Haskin and comes right to the slot. Good finish by Dylan Larkin. Yeah, it was a weird goal, and it's one, though, that um, it didn't really feel like a goal that kind of deflated Dallas at all. And maybe I that's think it was a, a goal that you look and go, oh, my God, you screwed up, you made this mistake, yeah. the goalie looked bad, the defender. It just, oh, look, it bounced and it went in, and yeah, it was they just had to leave. Of, it was just kind of a weird goal. And yeah. then um, a lot of, uh, obviously, the one thing for the Stars that they'll take out of this tonight that one thing that they will definitely want to work on, and I'm sure will be a point of emphasis once they uh, reconvene on Monday, will be obviously the penalties they spent. Uh, they, you don't want to give a team 10 minutes of power play time like like, da- like Dallas gave Detroit tonight. 
but yeah, the, I didn't. I didn't really like the Fox a penalty. I thought that was an avoidable call, a penalty. I, yeah. I thought it was the right call. Yeah. Um, I didn't like. I, I know he was frustrated about coughing the puck up, and maybe he was trying to get it back, and he missed and caught the defenseman in the yeah. face. That's one. When you're down a goal, you can't take that. And then the Radulov penalty was one you need to avoid as well. Yeah, but the Foxa penalty actually leads to yeah. the game-tying goal where the Stars late at the end of the four-minute uh, penalty kill. They get the rare 2-on-0 shorthanded break with a defenseman on the rush. After Yedmark almost yeah. does it all by himself and gets yeah. denied by Bernier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't think that Hintz, when, when Lindell made the pass across for the one-timer, I thought Hintz flubbed it. I was glad to see the puck went Maybe. in there. I don't yeah. think he hit it as cleanly as he might have liked. But they still, yeah. he still scored, tied the game, and I thought that immediately broke their sails, the, the Red Wings. Yeah, that was kind of the that was the moment. I, th- I thought that four-minute kill was part of the time where Remember Dallas... Mike Green at the crossbar yes. on the power play moments before the shorthanded rushes. That goes in, 2 nothing. That could have kind of deflated the Stars yeah. a little bit. In general, that four-minute kill was the kind of the time yeah. Dallas... Kind of took back that we're in this game. Look, this is our, this is normalcy for us. We're good on the penalty kill, and then obviously that shorthanded goal just kind of put the life in that Dallas needed. And I mean, it was a one-one game, but after that goal was scored, I never really felt at any point like Detroit had any chance to win this game. They finished tonight with twelve, by my count, which is unofficial, of course. 12 quality scoring chances. It even seems high compared to what I was... I'm not right. counting it. Like, One in the yeah. third period, and it was that Trevor Daly wrister from the slot early in the third. When you're down two goals, and that's all you muster, that shows the lack... Now, look, they didn't have Anthony Mantha, who's a big offensive weapon for them. They didn't have uh, Andreas Athanasiu, who's another speedy guy that can create some tr- trouble. But, yeah. but that's still... You're right. I thought... That might have been one of the things that Rick Bonus would be most happy about was the limiting of Detroit offensive chances after they got themselves back in this game. Yes, yes. Um, the time they could have had the lead. Um, Yanmark on the power play has a redirection, and it right at the crease from Hint centering pass, and it hits the post, sits on the goal line, and then Madison Bowie clears it away. Yamark was really good tonight and could have easily and maybe should have had a goal and just was unlucky not to. Yeah, I thought he was really good. It was one of those where we talked to him after the game and he kind of said it was he, – he obviously thought it was going in and he didn't go with the – going to the full celebration, but it was a thing where he said if – He started to. In hindsight, <laughs> he, but, you know, but he did mention – he did admit that in hindsight that it's one where if he gets on that puck – He might score. Yes. He thought it was in. Yes. Well, you know, look, yeah. it's unfortunate because he doesn't have the best luck with finishing, mm-hmm. so he needs all the help. He, he had goals in consecutive games, yeah. could have been three in a row, and you feel for the guy because he does so many things well that you'd like to see those breaks go in for him more. Yeah. Then you go to the second period, tied at one, but I don't I don't think anybody, maybe it's because of the team that they're playing tonight, I don't think anybody felt any panic. No, not at all. And they get an early goal, mm-hmm. and... That kind of felt like ball game, didn't it? Yeah, the two to one lead. I mean, it was the Fox goal. I thought it originally. I thought it was Lindell at first. Yeah, but Fox did tip it. But uh, as to Lindell kind of stepping up in that role with uh, John Klingberg out tonight with the lower body injury, um, shot from the point gets tipped by Fox, uh, and that that just felt like it. Like it was. It the, did right. It was the it was the power play goal. Um, it, How about Fox now, Sean? Nine goals. Mm-hmm. 
That's just over halfway, so he's on pace for about 17 or 18 for the season. Yeah. And that is a really nice number from your third-line center. Yeah, he's been – he's kind of he's, – he's found more of an offensive groove that the Stars needed him to find. He's got a very slow start scoring yes. this year, too. Yeah. Uh, of course, a lot of Stars did, if you go back and Every, look at it. Everyone did, yeah. Not one player other than Rope Hintz had a good start to the year offensively. Mm-hmm. And the um, – How about the third goal? we got to yeah, touch on yeah, that Yeah, now. we got to touch on that one where – um, Joe Pavelski obviously playing in his thousandth game tonight. And even before... Um, nice pregame ceremony. Yeah, 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 but even before this goal on the 2-on-0, he was the one that sprung Lindell on the pass for the 2-on-0. Yep, which was uh, a great setup. Yes. Short-handed, by the way. Yes. And That the, makes you wonder, what are you doing that you have five guys above two... Detroit is not on the power good. Detroit play. is a bad team. I know. Detroit is very bad. They're not good. So... You have, uh, and they beat the Sharks at home the other night, and we play them. And the Sharks aren't a good team either. So, speaking of which, just a side digression here, is, do you think, when's the last time you remember a three-game California trip where all three are not good? No, it's... I've, this is a weird, because they've always been a, it's been a, a long, really tough It's been a long trip. time. I can't think of a last time it's been when all three were bad. Because Anaheim had a hell of a yeah. run where they were division winners over and over and over yeah. and over. Well, those, I mean, what was it? It was the battle for California where those teams were always yeah, great. Right? Always good. So, um, Velsky, though, playing his, getting up playing his thousands, going to be honored for his thousandth game tonight. I think it was a thousand and five today. Yeah, yeah, thousandth game came against Florida. Um, that rather, that it was bar- a forgettable game. Yes, that game. And um, he forces the turnover at center ice, um, comes in on the two on one, has Dennis Gurionov go into the net, basically looks like he's going to pass. And uh, while looking past, shoots. That's a great finish. Finisher's goal. It was a vintage Joe Pavelski goal, which was so appropriate on a night where he's being celebrated for being a great NHL player for a thousand games. Let's talk about the. Uh, um, hey, talk about the thousand game gift. So okay, we should assume Andrew Cagliano is going to get a golf trip now. Well, that's two for two, right? Because Corey Perry got the golf trip. Yep, and. Joe Pavelski's got the golf trip. Where did Perry's go to? Do you remember? Um, I believe it wasn't. It was in the United States. Was it the U.S.? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't in Scotland. Well, Joe Pavelski is a very accomplished golfer. Nothing against Corey Perry's skill, but Pavelski is one of the better golfers, I think, in the NHL. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's played in the Celebrity Lake Hot Tahoe tournament, and not just played, but been in contention to like win that thing, yes. which means you're really, really good. Um, I don't know if Andrew Cogliano is as avid a golfer or not. I really don't, so I have to find out. If he is, then you're probably expecting it. Yeah. But if he's not, like, didn't uh, didn't Dan Hamuse get a U.S. Open tennis trip last year? I think he did. Because then, he's uh, not a big as golfer. And, uh, and by the way, as someone who's been to the U.S. Open in New York, it's a lot of fun. So if you're a tennis fan, it's well worth your time. Yeah. This year, though, no, uh, no. Thousand, By the way, no thousand, uh, foul smell alert yes. on the car cast. That's the second time tonight. We had yeah. one that smelled like cigarette burning, but yeah. on a large scale. And now this is the kind of thing that sewage comes into yeah. play. Do you think? Yeah, this was, was more sewage. The it's uh, not pleasant. But the uh, of no, no thousand game gifts this year from Tom Clark. I noticed that we had more from Spezza. Like Spezza has. I think the, part of that is just because of uh, how time played with the team. Yes and no. There, I, was, a, there was a but, Rolex last year for. Yeah, yeah but uh, there was, was that Hamus. That, that was Hamus for the Rolex. 
I mean, but on the flip side, I look at Pavelski as someone who you've signed for three years. Like, yeah, it felt a little like I, I don't want to sound ungrateful because they're very nice presents, but last year there's a little yeah, bit more. There's a little bit more. Yeah. It was uh, maybe. I mean, there's the Stars. I believe are the first. Uh, team since the, the Devils the year Eliash played a thousand games to have three guys hit a thousand games in a year. Right, so and maybe Cogliano will later. So, so maybe the budget gets a little bit stretched when you have three. I don't know. But it feels like the feels yeah. a bit skimpy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you make that claim and I'll back you up on it. So Hey um, by the way, before the third period, I was so disappointed. Blake Como made a wonderful read because he was on a two on two rush after Pavelski had scored sees Roman Polak as the open oh, third yeah, yeah, guy, yeah. jumps into the play to make it a three-on-two, makes a beautiful pass after waiting for the play to develop, and Polak's one-on-one with Bernier. And he had a good shot. Bernier made a good save. I was waiting for him to make some sort of fake and go bar down for his one highlight goal of the year. That would have been fun. It was, it was, it was poised, right? It was yeah. perfect. And Bernier spoiled it. Yeah, it would have been fun. So third period. Third period now. Third period, um... <laughs> It was all stars. It was all, all stars. stars. Eight uh, to one chances for Dallas. Joe Pavelski appears to give the stars a four-one lead, and oh, I, didn't I, like this. I really don't understand why they didn't. Well, he didn't give them a four-one lead. Red with the Red Wings. So he scores. Yeah, he scores. He scores on a, uh, rebound. on a rebound. The Red Wings challenge the play for goalie interference and did win the think, challenge. Speaking of which, did you think that the officials gave the coaches Jeff Blashill and his assistants a little too much time to? make a determination if they were going to challenge. It felt uh, like they were all lined up ready to go, and then one of the referees actually skated over while the coaches were still deliberating. Like I thought they had to kind of say, hey, we're going to challenge. Like, there seemed like the really long delay before they actually made the yes, we're going to challenge determination. I will watch for that when I rewatch Check the it again, because I felt like there was a really extended grace period there. When I rewatch the game, I'll watch for it. Um, but I did not, in the moment, I did not get to have that feeling. Yeah. But when I rewatch the game, I will. Um, the, but the I, goal itself. The goal itself is Pavelski was a rebound. I I don't know what else he's supposed to do in that situation. Like, Didn't you think that even though he made contact with Bernier, who was at the top of his crease, not out of his yeah. crease, was he didn't, he didn't blast into him. And Trevor Daly's on his back, kind of give him a little bit of a nudge. He didn't just drive him into the goalie. Yeah. I don't know what else you want Pavelski to do there. Yeah. I don't know what else you want to do, and I also wonder if Bernier gets a little bit of help sell that call with how he kind of blew back afterwards. Um, I just thought it was inconclusive. Yeah. Like, again, could there have been some interference? Perhaps. Was there contact? Yes. In the instance of the call on the ice was goal. Yeah. It looked very borderline and all again, all of the situations that we've seen where goalie interference has been looked at this year, Sean, it's been mostly either blatant or they've left it as is. Yeah. So this one is one that I thought was I just said, uh, it's, it's, it's iffy. They're not going to make the change because it's not enough to overturn it. And this really surprised me. No, I, I definitely thought that one should have been a goal. I, I thought so too. No, I, I disagree with the call, but it was ended up not being the... Didn't matter. Uh, yeah, I mean, it ended up... Did, you were at the post-game scrum with Rick Bonus. Yep. And he totally punted yes. on the, the initial question and the follow-up because... And I, I don't blame him at all. There's absolutely no reason for him to make a fuss 
about this for this particular game. No. John Tortorella, earlier this week, went off about a refereeing issue that he did not like, and it actually cost Columbus a, a win and an injury to their starting goalie, mm-hmm. Corpusalo. Yes. I thought that even though he probably was doing it more for his team than it for him personally... I liked why he did that. And he got a pretty hefty fine from the league about it, too. Yeah. So, but I didn't think Rick Bonus needed to do anything like that for this. It no. It wasn't, no. wasn't one of those where he had to to throw himself out there and, and against it, the league it, and the referees. And it's not going to change anything. No. That's not the one. I mean, I think there's a difference. Tortorella had a legit beef with the clock. That was... I think there's a legit it, beef, yeah. but it didn't matter, ultimately, other than Pavelski getting a second yeah. goal. Yes. But no, but Tortorella's was more... A black and white thing you can argue was this clock was handled poorly. Where and then there was no yeah, the, the yeah. referee didn't even t- accept any help. Yeah, and then we get to the goalie interference thumb, which is a complete gray area on everything. Yeah, and I actually, for the most part, am okay with the league being sort of iffy until it's obvious or say, well, unless it really stands out, we're going to stick with the original call. I'm okay with that. This was very iffy, so. It, I thought the original call should have stuck. I, well, yeah, I thought it should have been a goal. Yeah. Okay. So that's that That goal does not count. The Stars kind of just continue to control the period. Speaking of officiating, Sean. Yes. At the end of the game, they pull Bernier for a six on five. Mm-hmm. Roman Polak gets called for delay of game. Yes. What did you think about that call? Um, because he was just more of a deflection than anything. He went for a, a poke yep. check to try to knock yep. it away from a guy. And he knocked it, a rolling puck, straight up in the air and over into the seats. Yes. I feel like the spirit of the rule is if you shoot the puck to try to clear it and it goes out, it's penalty. I thought a deflected puck... I did too. ...doesn't count. I thought I thought that was... There was that one and there was also the other officiating interesting thing of this game too, just is you think there should have been a penalty shot when on the chance by Jamie Ben where he was tripped by Bernier? I thought about it. I guess I felt like it wasn't enough of a clear-cut breakaway. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was more of just a sudden play. Okay. Um, I, I understand where you came from that. A couple, yes. We got questions about that for our post-game show on the radio side, too. I, I mean, cause I'm Did not, you? Did I, you? I, I, could, I could be... I didn't feel passionate about it. I yes, guess. that's the thing. I could have seen. I could have seen it as a penalty shot call, and I would have been fine with it. I'm also okay with it not. Boy, I'd, Sagan almost scored on that yeah. too. If it hadn't hit Jamie's sk- skate, mm-hmm. then I don't think Bernier has time to get back yeah. and make that play. Yeah, but I, it didn't really upset me. Correct. Okay. I think if if he was free with. More space because Sagan threw him a nice little give and go, and he was sort of like hash marks are a little below. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's at the top of the circles in the high slot and is free from there and goes in and gets tripped. Then we're talking penalty shot, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. All right, so ironically, so I didn't like the call on Pollock, I thought that was a bad yeah, call, but it actually helped the start. Yeah, it leads to another, it leads to the final shorthanded. I mean, boy, Sagan actually. should have scored. Yeah, he fumbled with it a little bit. But it ended up working out for Andre Secker. Andre Secker now has goals. Who's the that. goal scorer? Do you know the last time Andre Secker had goals and back to back? Oh, I did not look this up. Please, please enlighten us. I'm gonna guess it's been a while. If, if you can guess the year or the team he played on, I'll give you credit. Buffalo Sabers. No. Damn. Um, 
because he that was where he played the most of yeah. his career, right? Earlier yeah. on, and he was real offensive defenseman. It's not Edmonton, is it? No, 2014. Okay, with Carolina. I forgot he even played for them. So did I. So, <laughs> that makes two of us then. So he's in March March 1st and 2nd of 2014, he scored in back-to-back games. Okay. That is the last time he scored in back-to-back games. Before the winter scoring in the Winter Classic, he had gone 105 games without scoring a goal. And now he scored in consecutive yes. games. So clearly he's going to score in L.A. next Wednesday. He's going to score every game in 2020. Why not? He's going to finish the so year. So far, he is two for two. He's going to finish the year of 41 goals. Unfortunately for Matthias Janmark, he was not three for three. Yes. As he thought he was going to be. But it would be funny if Sekera just couldn't stop scoring from now on. Yes. <laughs> it's a new <laughs> decade. It's a new decade. It's a new, new, new decade, on, Andre. New, new Andre. I'm sure he's happy for yeah. that, too. So. Um, but no, I actually thought he was very good in the game. Mm-hmm. Not just the goal. I mean, the goal's nice. Yeah. But I just think that. And I've heard he's some been, people criticizing his play. I think he's been getting better and better as he's gotten comfortable with this group. Well, I've, I've been underwhelmed by him for most of the season, but I actually give, I think, I've been, he's impressed me the last four or five games. Yes. So, that's what I mean. Like, I think lately he's really shown, I mean, one of the questions we had in the postgame show, and I think Sekiro belongs in this group of, of praise, why are the Stars so much better this year than last year at coming from behind? in winning games. They've done it a lot lately. They lead the league with the most comeback wins when trailing going into the third period with seven. Yep. I give some credit to Pavelski, Perry, and Sekera just adding more experience and calm <laughs> with the group that already isn't that young anymore. In particular, I give a lot of credit to Pavelski in that yes. range, um, in that realm. I think he's been... He's been very instrumental in that role. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not. This is not to take things away from Pavelski, from sorry, from Perry and Zakara, but I, I think Pavelski in particular has been in, has been that captain without being a captain. Without they, being in the yeah. room ourselves, I yes. feel that that's a very adequate yeah. point. So, anyway, um, Zakara scored the goal to make it four-one. Stars have now all won all four games since the holiday break. Anton Hudobin, yeah, now. Four one and zero in five home games. It was amazing. He hadn't played at home since November twenty third against Chicago, which was a two to one shootout win. And frankly, he's just been a road goalie. Twelve of yep. his starts or twelve of his appearances have been away from home. He's got great numbers both home and road. Uh, he has a nine thirty for the year save percentage. He was at basically ninety three percent on the road. And he's at, like, 94% now at home. He's just been a great goalie, right? Did you notice, Sean, tonight, a couple of times he made... Now, it's not every time. And I'm not saying that they're becoming the same. But he made a couple of Ben Bishop-style plays with the puck. He had a backhand high glass rim to clear the zone. And he made a in-front-of-his-own-net cross-zone defensive play onto the tape... The kind of things that you're just not used to seeing from him. What do you think about that? He's been uh, his his puck handling has been better this year. Um, it's not on a bishop scale. No, of but, course but, not. No, but his puck handling has certainly been better this year. And I think he it's just kind of a little bit more of year two with a lot of these defensemen. Year two of where he knows they're going to be. And it's not like he played. I mean, he played almost for what he played. 
40 games last year? How many played? Who? Who Dillman last year? 30, 35? Yeah. Yep. 35, but maybe. I, I think he's at a point, too, where uh, he's at a point where there's, there's increased comfort level in that area, which is what he needed. It's not stopping the puck. He didn't need that comfort level, but just more of. And getting yes. to know your defensive yes. team and how they play and. And knowing and look, Sean, it's an adjustment for the D to go from a Bishop game to a Hudobin game as far as where you Correct. have to be, how far back you need to go to get the puck. It's different. Yes. All right. Let's go to the uh, lightning round, right? Lightning round. All right. Let's go to the so it's always great when we have to fill time to get to the car crash questions. So because you know dead silence in the uh, car crash is oh. awesome, right? <laughs> I'm just get, just teasing, of course. Okay. All right. We're ready. So we have... Wow, we got... Wait, the questions came in early tonight. Yeah, I saw some during the game yeah. and just went, man, this is going to take a while. Yeah. But um, remember, there are a lot of people that were upset that we didn't no, yes. do one for the Winter Classic. I understand. I'm, I'm really glad that the demand is so high. Yeah. But you have to remember, folks, that both Sean and I brought our families. Yes. And so logistically... We couldn't drive together. It just was not no, feasible. No. And you know what? I don't regret it for a minute. No, it was a. It was I, the right move. Uh, yes. Okay. We have. Uh, okay. From Dallas Stars Haiku. This was my second trip to Texas as a Stars fan, and it's exceeded expectations both times. What's the furthest you've ever traveled for a sporting oh, event? I remember this. As question. a fan, not a media member. For not okay. Well, this is an easy one for me. Do you need a minute? Uh, I don't have that many. I, that's pretty. This I, is a yeah, no-brainer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the farthest I've ever traveled for a sporting event was right after I graduated college. I'll date myself a little bit here. I went to the 20, 2002 World Cup in Korea, in South Korea, and watched all the U.S. games. They got knocked out in the quarterfinals to Germany. A bogus non-handball call on the goal line. Yes, Torsten Frings, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite German soccer names of all time, and. Then saw the Korea Germany semifinal. Should have been the USA Korea semifinal, which would have been unbelievable. Yeah, so I flew halfway across the world for the World Cup. That's by far the farthest I've ever gone for a sporting event. Yeah, I've been to, for me, it's London. I mean, I've been to London for, it wasn't just a sporting event. It was a work trip. It was a, well, and not, a social trip. It was, yeah, but I've seen a couple of Premier League games over there. So for me, it's London. Yep. Um, That's from, a pretty long distance. It is. So for Jen. Says, answer this one quickly. What was the reason for Fox's double minor in the first? He drew blood. It's an automatic. Call. It's automatic call. Um, Do you like that? Do you like? I mean, this is it's been an age old penalty in the NHL. It's the only one of all the infractions where the it, it's not so much the severity of the high stick; it's whether or not it causes bleeding. Yeah, I because you could get hit high stick much worse. Hit the helmet and. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I don't really. I'm not really a big fan of it. From uh, Raphael, who is I, uh, I met him. I met him too. Frank came all the way from hi, Switzerland. Hi, Rafi. So he got back yesterday, and he just he's jet lagged, so he was up at four a.m. <laughs> watching the game. It's um, so much harder to travel east yes. than it is west on the time zone scale because it's much easier to stay up later at night and then just get your schedule yep. around. And so he asked, said, Sean, I'll ask you. I'll ask you another Monty question. Sean, you said he should wait a decent amount of time before issuing a statement. Do you still think that? And obviously, this comes on the heels of Jim Montgomery 
breaking this afternoon. His, breaking his silence today, issuing a statement. He's doing. He's gone to um, inpatient treatment for his um, for alcohol abuse. Um, when I made the when I and what he's referring to is we did a panel um, talk at a Winter Classic panel on early, the thirtieth, wasn't it? On the thirtieth, and we're talking about Jim Montgomery. And people are asking me, when will Jim Montgomery talk? When will Jim Montgomery talk? And I said at the time that Jim Montgomery, um, when it's time for him to talk, it's going to be a time when he's going to be able to come out and try and come with a message of, I did this wrong. Here's what I did to fix myself. Because that's what he needs to do if he which wants Which is what he started to do. Which he started to do. So um, I think this was the a step that gave a little bit more... I, I've, I've, it was... It was a good step for Jim Montgomery if he's looking at the ultimate goal of coaching in the NHL again because yes. it's something that that, that uh, this is the way he'll need to handle it. Um, as far as giving more information, um, it's it's a nice statement, and, and obviously I wish Jim Montgomery well as he battles this. Yes. Um, it also doesn't really... It doesn't really give much more clarity to what actually happened. Right. Um, no, it doesn't. I mean, it leaves more questions than answers. Yes. Um, but at the same time, it's a positive step yeah, for him, Yeah. I think. It's a positive step. And I hope that he... Like, we both... I, yeah. I think it's not overstepping to yeah. say that we both liked Jim Montgomery. Mm-hmm. and still like him. I wish that... I think... We're, I don't know about you, Sean, but I'm disappointed that some of his choices really let down this team and organization because they still believe that he was the right guy for the job. Yes. And are disappointed he's not still the head coach. But they didn't I think the stars genuinely felt they had no choice. Yeah. But to to dismiss him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think we're all sad and upset that the, his choices led to that. Yeah. But from a personal human standpoint, I want him to figure yeah. out his life and and not have this tarnish his legacy forever because Everybody deserves a chance to try to atone for their mistakes. Yeah, so I, I hope I hope this is the step for him to get back on track with his life and everything yes. like that. Um, I, I it's also, not the only step. I also, I also think there's still... Um, I, I do think he's also in a position, too, if he does come back from this, it can be the type of thing that could help other people at some point. Um, but it's also the type of thing where all, all of that at the same time we still don't know exactly what happened and it's hard to it's, it makes this all situation so hard to diagnose. Yep, I'm with you there. So, uh, next one. Um, from Belfour's billion dollar bribe. Um, <laughs> wish you okay, wish you guys did a car winter classic car cast. Hope you had a great time. If we did. The, if the stars do well with Perry out, is he a healthy scratch when he returns? No. And Correct. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> Not and, a chance. And who pays for the silver stick given to Pavelski, the team or the players? That comes from the team. It's yes. a gift from the team. Okay. Um, that's why Jim Nil delivers it. Yes. And that's why the players, Jamie Ben, delivered the golfing trip. Yes. From uh, Crawdaddy, what are the th- y'all's thoughts on the Winter Classic unis becoming the full-time third jerseys? Um I like the Winter Classic jerseys, but I can tell you here's some a reason why they will not be the full time jerseys. Is it the material? The material. Yeah. It's the material with what Why the not the design with different material? It could be done that way. Like the logo is fabulous. The logo is great. I think a third jersey with the D stars like the Winter Classic one would be great. But it's and not going to be with the felt on the jersey. And I do think that will happen at some point. I, I mean, I, they're not getting rid of that logo. It's too good. Yeah, that that logo is going to be part of something the team will try to sell you at some point. <laughs> I would like to see them maybe next year 
because mm-hmm. I think they don't need to this year. With they already have the winter classic jersey, they're going to wear it what two more times, I think, at home. Yeah. Why not come up with a third if they want to a third jersey in that mold for next season? Remember, coming up with approved NHL uniforms is not an overnight process. No, it's not. Because even if the stars think they have it figured out, which it takes time to get it right, you still have to get approval from the league. That you have to make sure that the manufacturer, in this case Adidas, can can make it. And then you also have to come up with the if we're going to do a third jersey, are we going to do different pants, gloves, helmet, socks? You got to put the whole kit together. Yeah, there's a lot of logistics involved. But I do like the idea of having a third jersey with the Dallas Star D. With the the Winter Classic yeah. logo as the primary focus on that. Yeah. I still think, Sean, that if you're going to do a third jersey, you've got to have the, the green in one way or another. Yeah. All right. From Galapagos, uh, well, that was a satisfying week of hockey for the Stars, and it's good not to having to come back in the third period for once. Carcast question, please tell me my eyes aren't playing tricks on me, and that's Sean Shapiro making a cameo in the Road to the Winter Classic. It is. Owen is also actually in this picture you sent us, Galapagos. He's uh, right to... Right yep, there. I remember that. Yep. That was in episode, episode one. Episode one. Right away. Episode one. So, yes, yep. that is a cameo. Um, and here. by the way, I was not, in case anyone's wondering, because I remember that scene, Sean's typing on his laptop, looking very uh, studious and, and, and efficient in his work. I was on my phone. I was not texting or tweeting. Or playing Candy Crush. Or playing Candy Crush or Dig This or anything yeah. else that's wonderful. I was actually using the notepad to type what was being said. Not that I feel like I need to defend myself. Just wanted to throw that out there. All right. Uh, from Joe Walton, if Dallas is going to make a trade this year, will it be for a forward or defenseman? Mm-hmm. I agree with Sean that Dallas needs a good defenseman. Martinez, he says, would fit nicely. Hmm. Interesting thought. Guy that's won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Has some offense. I, I don't know. I'll have to look at his game and see if it's still something I'd be interested in. Uh, I've heard the name Brendan Dillon floated around a bit because San Jose's had a tough year and I wouldn't totally hate that I like his size he's played in some pretty big games gone to the Stanley Cup final with San Jose uh, a couple years back obviously the year the Stars didn't make it that far um, I don't know Sean I think that that's probably the need more I yeah. agree with you on that but it might be easier to add another forward than it would be to add another defenseman maybe it really depends on what the market's going to be. It's, I mean, look, the big thing is Stephen Johns. Yeah. Right? They still have, what, a little under eight weeks mm-hmm. to, because it's February 24th is the deadline, to really see where they're at. And I think, I'm not overstepping my speculation, that we might see something new from Johns between now and then as far as maybe a conditioning stint before the trade deadline. I think we are getting closer to that, but we can't. I'm not saying it's right away, but I think in the next two months we might see that, don't you think? Yeah. Again, no timetable on him. Correct. So Aaron asks I know we're a couple games out here, but what was your and Sean's experience at the Winter Classic? Um, Obviously, we could spend a long time talking about this. So so let's let's do it real quick. Give me one thing about the event that surprised you that you didn't expect. Okay. Jeez, the one thing. No, give me, give me one thing. You don't have to give me okay. the one well, thing. Well, one me... of the things that yeah. I thought was just was the the sheer uh, enormity of it. Yeah. Because we were at the practice the day before. I walked out the players' tunnel 
and you see the you know the size of the cotton bowl is huge and it's imposing and it's okay. fun and I went wow this looks great look at the setup and then to actually see it packed with 85,000 people the next day and the volume of the stars anthem chants the goals I mean, the one for Radulov was just so I mean that crowd cheer was awesome uh-huh. and so I think that and but it was the whole thing it was everything about the day it was the massive amount of crowds, even though it was a little too packed in in the midway and should have probably been a little bit more opened up, um, it was the fact that how so many people were there at 9 o'clock in the morning. So many people were still there at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. And just, it was just an incredible day. Yeah. For me, the biggest takeaway from it, just real quickly, is... <laughs> Your tailgating was story was well, great. Well, I appreciate I that. really enjoyed it. I appreciate that. The first kid that cries has... The dad's got to chug the beer. I appreciate <laughs> was that. was awesome. The, the thing for me, one of the biggest takeaways, is just photos and videos didn't do it justice. No, no. And that's the biggest thing for me. Um, from, I agree with that. From Sean Davis, are the Stars going to wear their Winter Classic jerseys again this season? Do you yep. know the opponents and or dates? Um, I don't know the February twenty first no, against okay. St. Louis. I think it's the twenty first. But they'll play late February. Uh, it's a Jamie Ben bobblehead night where he's wearing Winter Classic gear, yep. and they're playing the Blues. And they wear. I know that's one of them. There's another one. Sometime. It's the end of. It's a game against Toronto at the end of this month, which is the last home game in January. It's either a Monday or a Tuesday. I can't remember because they play Tampa and yeah. then Toronto. I think it's a Wednesday. Might be a Wednesday. Is Monday yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, it's Toronto on Wednesday. Toronto on Monday. Tampa on Wednesday. No. Yeah. Other way around. Tampa, Toronto, I think. It's the game against Toronto. That Which, well, the okay, but the Toronto, I think, is the second one of that week. Okay. Because so it's Toronto's the first the... two games after the break. Okay. Gotcha. After the All-Star yes, bye yeah. week. Yes. I should say bye week All-Star because bye week is first. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So from Randall, um, friend Randall Miller, why well, I love scoring four and answer goals to come back from being behind early to win three games in a row. Why does this team start so poorly? Today is I'm I'm gonna throw today out. Yeah, I don't I don't think today was a bad start. It was it was it was a bad it was just an eh goal. It was an expected letdown after yeah. an incredible game. I yeah. don't I, I think I don't really know what the start was against Nashville. Well, I don't know if it was that bad. The penalty from Perry was so early it set the tone for that first period. To me, it wasn't the the Nashville game wasn't a bad start. It was a bad penalty that led to two goals. And it ruined yeah. what could have been a better start. Yes. I think after that, once the stars got settled after those penalties, especially in the second period, mm-hmm. I thought they dominated. Yeah. It wasn't just they were a little bit better. I thought they were a lot better than Nashville in the final forty minutes. Oh for sure. Um from Brad um Y'all, y'all have any comments about the ratings for the Winter Classic on NBC? Looks like we talked about this. Looks like below below game and below the game in New York a couple years ago. Um, have the stars turned a, and then the other promoters have have the stars turned a corner after the winter break? But the NBC ratings. So the thing that he's referring to is it was the least most least watched game ratings wise on NBC. So for, now for Winter Classic. Classics. Yeah. Um, and that's less about the Dallas Stars yes. than it is about the way NBC covers it. I'm not even saying that they didn't do a good job at it. It's just that, to me, Sean, this doesn't diminish this game and that no. day for the Stars whatsoever. For me, the lasting legacy of this Winter Classic is going to be how the NHL defines success. Do yes. they get... Do they just look at... Do they... How do they weigh the success of 85,000-plus people 
the Nashville and Dallas markets embracing it so much. A fabulous yeah. game. Yeah. And oh, like an actual it, it, hockey yeah, game, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. two teams that are happy to be there. Yeah. And 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 how much do they weigh that versus that TV rating number? And do hopefully, you think that because Minnesota was announced as the host, yeah. do you think that the selection of their opponent will say something about how they view that? I think so. Because I think Sean that they've really hit on something with <laughs> Dallas Nashville, a playoff <clears throat> opponent divisional game where there's genuine dislike I, I think that if more winter classics were like that rather than just you know two marquee franchises from big markets yeah I think that you would actually see better games I think that if you did this two or three years in a row you might perk up more interest and go hey we gotta watch this because not only is this a fun spectacle it's actually gonna be a pretty good game yeah so to me I think it's got to be Winnipeg or, you know, St. Louis. I know so, they've done it recently. So for me... I would like to see two Saint, teams in the division that really want to go after it. St. Louis is the NBC choice. If I'm yes. in the NH, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm being willing to be open to something, I want Winnipeg. That's what Don't I want. I want Minnesota-Winnipeg. Yes, I want I'm that. I'm with you on that. And I want all the... Would you be I, okay if it was Minnesota-Colorado? Um, I'd be okay with it, but I'm more so thinking right now of... You saw those people from Nashville that came down, right? Yes. I'd love to see you get all, all the Canadian all fans. the Canadians come yeah, down. I agree. I, that's what I that's what I'm thinking. But of. I wouldn't be against Colorado because it's a yeah. team that hasn't done it, right? Have they? I don't think Colorado's. I know they have a outdoor stadium series they're doing this year. And they also have this. This is their second stadium series, right? Game. So it's not their first experience yeah. of it. But I, I'm I'm with you. I think it should be Winnipeg. Yeah. But. It's not Chicago. It's not St. Louis. It would be fun to see, and, and you know, Dallas yeah. and Nashville just did it. I think that's a, a really good move to make it a division game where they really don't like each other. Because if you just pick a team from the Eastern Conference and say, hey, we'll put the Tampa Bay Lightning against Minnesota, they're two good teams, but the, the hatred's yeah. not there. Except for when you do Dallas and the Islanders. They never play each other, and it's always chaos. It's always chaotic. That's a fun one. Yeah. That would be great. The uh, We had uh, from Chev Chelios, who goes down as the more infamous star, Avery or Perry? Avery. Not even close. Not even close. Um, <laughs> Hula is fine, they said in the comments. We always try and pronounce their whole name. Um, thoughts on Perry's five games? Should it have been less or more? How many corny dogs did you all have? Any chance the Cotton Bowl could take part in the stadium series? Um, I think five games was perfect amount. That's what I thought it should be. I wasn't upset with five. Yeah, I, 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 I had a hunch it might be three or four, but I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. My problem with the, that was more about what we talked earlier other penalties. Mm -hmm. The inconsistency with, for example, the Bortuzzo one. That yeah. bothers me a lot because he got four and I thought he should have yeah. had eight or ten. Yeah. Um, I did not have any corny dogs. I did eat some tailgating food that you was good. You ate some really interesting Some ones. really good tailgating food, but no corny dogs. We um, had Fletcher's deliver us. No, we didn't. Excuse me. I'm at the ticket location during the pre-pre-show. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's the pre-pre-pre-show. Because it was the 9 to 11 Ryan and Sam show before our last resort, pre-pre-show before our pre-game show. And one of the guys from Fletcher's had a big Fletcher's jacket on, walks over with a bag and looks at me. And so I took my headset off because we were in a break. And I said, excuse me, he said, did somebody order Fletcher's? And I go, no. 
did you guys order? No, no. no. Well, somebody did, he says to me. And I go, okay, well, well, if you want to leave them, we'll accept them. He says, okay, just give us a mention on the air. Great, no problem. And there's a bag of like six corny dogs. So I was going to eat one, but it was not, it was like 9.30. I wasn't quite ready for that. And so then I actually generously handed some out to some, uh, two to our engineers who work really hard behind the scenes. Um, gave one to Jeff Kay, even though he's a vegetarian, ended up gave, giving it to a fan. Uh, uh, Taylor from Defending Big D came over to say hi. I said, hey, do you want one? So she got one. I was happy to spread the word. <laughs> so, so no, I didn't have yes. one after all that. <laughs> That's the point of the question. Um, the final part was, could the Cotton Bowl take part in the stadium series? I don't By the f- way, Sean, quick to interrupt the... Other reason why I didn't have a corn dog was because by the time I said I'd like one, the line was gigantic. I believe it. Yeah, those that was a bit packed. Um, a bit. <laughs> yeah, they also asked, was any chance the Cotton Bowl could take part in the Stampeders? I, I don't think we're going to see Dallas hosting anything anytime soon. But it's I think it's got to be at least five years. But I think right? I, at least. But I do think if it ever came back. Um, I don't think it's the Cotton Bowl. I think it would be something more. And, and I really don't like the baseball venues. But I don't I, either. But I, I my, don't my, no, I don't want to. But I'm just telling the you. The retractable roof. But I'm telling you. It my, would be safe. It would be also great for building the ice. But um, well, It would be safe because if the weather's bad, you close the roof. But then it's not an outdoor game. Yeah, but I'm just saying my gut says it would probably end up being in Arlington. If, if, if it, <sighs> That's disappointing. But. The, if the, it the, whole, the, the fact that it was at this old building that was bad for crowd management and bathroom <laughs> lines and concessions lines, the look you can't change the Cotton Bowl. It's an outdated stadium that doesn't deal with crowds like say AT and T Stadium does. Yeah. But it was perfect for the venue. You could see the Dallas skyline. It was in Dallas. The fa- the midway at Fair Park was great. The only criticism I would have that I have was you should have opened more of the midway. Yeah. So then it relieved some of the, the pressure of crowds because they were really jammed in around the midway. Okay, we are just getting to your call for questions now. <laughs> um, we don't have time for so this. we're going to go quick. We're going to go right, quick. Rapid fire. Okay, we're going to go quick, rapid quick, fire. Short answers. Okay. Um, give me a name to start keeping an eye on for the trade deadline. Like a name for the stars to target? Yes. I'm not ready there yet. Okay. So I'm going to punt. Yes. Um, I want to look more and see where teams are at. Mm-hmm. As we get within a month, because then you really know the sellers versus the they think they're still around. Okay, so Drew, and I'll answer Drew's questions here. Drew says Jim Montgomery had admitted to an alcohol problem. Surely that must have manifested itself an incident which prevented the club from simply putting him in on leave, or does that just not happen with head coach? So I will say this: whatever happened with Jim Montgomery, obviously alcohol did not make it better, and it made it worse, and it was part of a lifestyle that led to an incident, but. As Jim Nils said when they let him go, it was an incident that he was made aware of um, that led to his firing. So there is, um, if this was just, if this was just an issue of Jim Montgomery having too many drinks and needing some help, I believe the Stars would have helped him. But there's, there really was an incident that put the Stars in a situation where they had no choice. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I can't say it any better. Okay. Um, Missed the game. How did Kivy Ronta look? And are you, are you all f- familiar enough with his play to know what he brings to the lineup compared to Dowling? So the reason he was in over Dowling, Rick Bonus said, was because of uh, he's he's a right wing. He, positionally, he's right wing. I probably know Kivy Ronta a little bit better than most because I actually met him back in 
August in Finland. Well, and you um, saw him in Traverse City. I saw him in Traverse City. Um, and he, you've seen him in the AHL. Yeah. I haven't gone down to Cedar Park. So he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good, he's a good, provides good energy. Um, Quick. He, he kind of does what he did tonight. He's a little bit of a, kind of like a jitterbug almost, the way he plays. He's quick, it, he's nimble. It, he, uh, I showed some nice pep in his step. He's not very physical. He's a yeah. small player. I did. He did go to the front of the net, though. He had a couple good redirections. Yep. He could easily have had a goal tonight. Um, Bones said that afterwards that he was a little thrown off his rhythm because of nerves at the beginning and then the penalties. Yeah. So he didn't play a lot at first. But then when he got going, I thought he had a decent second period. And uh, you know, uh, fine. I'd like to to see him play a little bit more. I also don't think he's going to play the next four games of the Perry suspension. I think you're going to see Dowling get at some point. Yeah. Especially with the this best. was an easy game for the Stars to take a look at a player too against the worst yeah. team in the league. Yeah. Um, from Sam Sam Hod, um, do Pavelski's teammates from San Jose contribute to the, to the gift the Stars gave him? A golf trip for four is super generous, but seems like a lot from a team he's played forty two out of a thousand games with. This gift was just from the Stars. Um, I'm sure. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if when we go to San Jose next week, the Sharks give something to Pavelski. Um, we were going to see maybe if Anaheim would do something for Perry. <laughs> yeah. Except for he now won't get that return until the end of the but, season. But to answer Sam's question, this was just from the Stars. It's uh, funny you say that, Sean, because Bruce even brought this up. He said, you know, we played so many games. I think San Jose should get off their wallet to do something. Uh, <laughs> he said it, not me, yeah. but I agree. Cheryl asked about who will the Wild play in the Winter Classic. We kind of touched on where that is right now. Um, what if, okay, quick side note. I know we don't have time, but we're going to do it anyway. If it wasn't in the division. Okay. Who would you want to see play Minnesota? If it wasn't in the non-central division, because we already picked Winnipeg, I think uh, honorable mention Colorado be okay. But if you weren't going to pick the division, who do you think would be an ideal matchup with Minnesota next year? One of my thoughts was immediately was the Edmonton Oilers, just because of the sell of Connor McDavid. I don't think there's a lot of hatred there. Well, I, I actually like that because it'd be nice to or, get McDavid into this game. I think McDavid needs to be uh, highlighted yeah. a little bit more because he's in the United States markets. He's kind of buried a bit. Yeah. Imagine if he got drafted by New York or Boston or Toronto or Buffalo, or Montreal, or Buffalo, or Buffalo. Yeah. Well, Buffalo is very. Uh, they could have had the number one. Yes. But um, you know, it'd be a fun one. How about this one? Because they're a rising team. How about the Arizona Coyotes? Could see it. I mean, I could see. totally yeah, I could not see that, yeah. the sell that NBC would want. But talk about outside the box or Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Either one. They're both good teams. Um, Be fun. I want to see an outdoor game in Vegas sometime. From from Sam. Somehow. Good. Which should be fun, John? Outdoor game in Vegas at the new Raiders football stadium that looks like the black hole. That'd be cool. That would be down the road. That, yes. Good. Sam Sam says, good for Monty admitting he had, had a problem in getting help. Do you envision seeing him back behind an NHL bench, assuming he's completed all the steps necessary to be well again? Um, that is a long way down the road, but I think if uh, obviously part of him making a statement now and part of him um, getting out now is part of it is obviously he's admitting he's had a problem in getting this, but also part of it is he's trying to work to get back his life. And so... He ultimately is thinking, what can I do for myself to get myself better? But he's also thinking about what can I do to be an NHL coach again. To repair um, his image. Yes. 
So um, I think it depends. I really don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see what the happens. The image part is the tricky part yeah. because I think from a strictly coaching standpoint, he has a lot of respect around the league as being a pretty darn good coach. Mm-hmm. Right? Year and a, not quite year and a half. Yeah. And tons of questions last year about – Hey, you're coming from college. Can you make the transition? Yeah. You weren't in juniors or in the minor leagues of pro or in the NHL as an assistant. Are you really fit for the NHL as a head coach? And he did get the stars not only in the playoffs but transform the team and seemed to have them on the right track this year after a pretty terrible start. And so I think from the hockey side of it, yes. From the image public perception side, I think it's going to take longer, but I think John, he's young for coaches. He's what, 51. Yeah. I think, I think there's enough time out there. He can get another one somewhere with it. Will it be NHL? Will it be college? I think that it might be easier to get another college job perhaps than an NHL one. Um, the scrutiny is still high, but not as high. Uh-huh. Um, maybe as an assistant. I don't know if he wants to do that. Does he want to be the head guy somewhere? Yeah. It'll be interesting to yeah, see. I will very uh, much. Patrick kind of asked a similar question, and um, we're going we're to end with Ardell. Um, Andrew Hagliano was robbed. <laughs> Great uh, name. Best name of the, of the uh, pig races. Um, I've, and he says, I've interacted with quite a few Finnish fans at the AAC over the last few years. Are the Dallas Stars a big deal in Finland? Um, I can kind of touch on this. They are, they're not the most popular team over there. The Ducks... The Ducks are probably the most popular team over there, and you can call it the Timu Solani effect. Yeah, well, um, and I can understand why. Um, but they are one of the more popular teams. They are... And I think that'll grow in the next few years as they continue to have these big-name Finns. Yeah. I mean, Miro is not going anywhere. Essa's not going anywhere. I don't think Rope's going anywhere. No, and, and we continue, as the Stars continue to be in these... We talked about big-name events. I would not be stunned to see the Stars be selected to play maybe a Carolina in Finland at some point. That's an interesting thought I just had. Okay, How do the Stars get more players named to the All-Star team? One of them is simply as these guys emerge, right? Mm -hmm. Especially a Miro, possibly a Hintz. Maybe Ben Bishop, he deserves to be there last year and this year. Yeah, he got stopped this year. Here's my question. Could Dallas's next big thing be hosting an All-Star game? I could see it. They've done it before. Right. It's been a while. Yeah. But my point is is that they successfully hosted the draft and the league was really happy with them. Yeah. They just did the Winter Classic and the league's really happy for them. Mm-hmm. Could that be in the table going forward? It doesn't necessarily be next year, but it could be down there. I could see if this – I don't know if Dallas wants to host it, but I could see the league being open to it because of the successes – the franchise has had in the last couple of marquee events. I think the league would definitely be open and to it. And if they do that, that means they'll get three, at <laughs> least three all-star representatives. Yeah, the Blues are also good, too. Like, like Right. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy with them doing yeah. it. I'm just looking in the future because getting two or three representatives in the all-star game is also a way of getting noticed in Finland or anywhere else because yeah. it's one of those showpieces. Yeah. I, I do think it's possible, and I, I also I think the more realistic one right now is I think you're talking NHL Europe, and I think the Stars... Yeah, like a game over there the, or two. A game over the... I think, yeah. and I was kind of saying, Dallas versus Carolina, for example, over there. Oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Where you can fins have... Fins on fins? Yes, and and those are the type of games where I, we, you talk about... You like having the divisional rivalry stuff, too, but those are games where I think since you play a back-to-back, I think it, can, it builds up. And, it can and be frankly, yeah. it's two teams that play a pretty up-tempo game. Yeah. And with all the guys that are finished that are in that game, 
then they have the natural, hey, we want to do this. Yeah. That'd be a fun one. Yeah. We're going to close with that. It's and a long one. It's Sean, a long one. Sean went way past what he thought he was going to do with yeah. his fatigue. Give the man a weekend. 